This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel on the show, and we've got some breaking news, so we're going to dive right into this. The Oregon men's basketball program has secured another verbal commitment this offseason ahead of the 2021-2022 season. And Dana Altman has struck Juco gold once again, um, landing junior college All-American Rivaldo Sores out of South Plains College in the state of Texas, a guy that just received his 24-7 sports ranking, and he is rated as the 10th best junior college prospect nationally and the third best shooting guard uh, in the country at that JUCO level. He is a three-star prospect. Uh, we're the only company out there right now that's that's got a ranking on Rivaldo Suarez. And, and if you look at this and think three stars, well, that's, that's pretty standard for, for JUCO guys. Uh, in a very rare instance, will you see a guy become a four-star player? But nonetheless, another All-American um, in a very good league at the highest level of JUCO basketball is joining the mix and Rivaldo Suarez and Eric, he's expected to basically come in and try and replace the production that's now lost with the graduation of D1 All-American, former Juco Player of the Year, Chris Duarte. And I was just going to put into context, and it's a nice transition here. Duarte was also a three-star prospect by, based on the 247 composite. He was also the number one rated player in Juco, but was still a three-star. It's hard to get that fourth star. Um I, I, I like this fit. I don't think he's Chris Duarte good. I don't. I just want to put that out there to start. Like, right. I don't think you're getting a guy who's going to eventually be like a Pac-12 Player of the Year caliber guy. Like, this is probably maybe best case he's going to be an All-Conference guy at some point. But I, I think like this is somebody who pre- at least presents some of the similar things you lost with a Duarte shooting ability, shot making. I think defensively you don't necessarily see the same level of activity, but like at least similar body types and athleticism. And there are some, you know, you go, there's a, I've got a film review up on duckterritory.com from uh, some highlights that were posted less than a month ago from his sophomore season at South Plains. And it's primarily offense, but there are some instances where you see some impressive defensive stuff. So I don't think he's like all the conference defense guy either, but like, He's not going to be a liability, I don't think, um, unless the effort's just not there, and, and that's kind of hard to judge based upon highlight footage. From um, a, from a, a perspective, oh, go ahead. What what, what more oh, I was, you see on film? Oh, I was just going to say, I thought the guy can really shoot it, and so like I think that's probably where he helps you the most right away. Yes, and that, that's right where I was going. Uh, this is a guy that he played two years of JUCO ball, fifty total games, um, and he started forty-two of those fifty. And he played for South Plains College. It's in Texas. And this is historically a really good program, one that every year is ranked. And they play in a really tough league. And for the 2020-2021 year, his team was the number one team in the country for basically the entire year. Um, he, they, were the number, they were the number one team, I think, week three. And they stayed that way all the way into conference tournament season when they got upset in the quarterfinals or semifinals, excuse me, of that tournament. So you're talking about 
probably the best player on the best JUCO team coming to Oregon, which is always a good thing. 15.2 points per game this past year. He shot 45.5% from the field, 34.5% on threes. Uh, he, as, a, as a freshman, almost nearly identical shooting numbers. So that's really good to see that it wasn't just a really good season for him. It, it was consistency. You got that every game over a 50-game period from him. From a rebounding perspective, he was really good this past season, 6.8 rebounds a game. He just committed 1.7 fouls per game while averaging just under a steal a game. So he's not fouling a ton, which is a really good thing to see as well. And then, like you said, offensively, He's, a, he's probably a little bit better there. He had two and a half assists a game, an assist turnover ratio of 1.1, which is really solid for a shooting guard. And here's the caveat, Eric. And the thing that I like the most about this commitment is he's coming to Oregon as a sophomore. He will not be your traditional junior. He has said he's coming to Eugene. He's going to take advantage of that extra year the NCAA is giving you because of COVID-19 during the 20. 2020-21 season so unlike Duarte he comes to Oregon with three years to play three years which is really really big for me and just long-term peace this is a guy that will help Oregon I think tremendously during this upcoming year but is also a guy that you can kind of build around for the next two or three seasons in Eugene yeah, it seems like what we see with Dana Altman a lot with some of these guys, you get someone with two to three years of eligibility and they come in not expecting to be immediate contributors, but there's a right. long-term plan. And I feel like Suarez's best games are going to be played in like 2022, three and beyond. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's not to say he can't impact things right now, but probably just isn't going to be a situation where he's going to have the same opportunity he might have the following year. I mean, Oregon could lose. And there's still, we should say that we're going to get to this in a second. They're still going to add some pieces here. So a lot of this right. up in the year, but like the guys that are, are clearly on the team right now, a lot of the key players on the perimeter could be gone after next season. And that's probably when Suarez has his biggest impact at the same time. Like, I don't know, is he a starter? Possibly not, but is he somebody who I think could, could come off the bench and average eight, nine points a game and be a, a microwave scorer and impact things defensively. Sure. And that's a very valuable asset. Um, when you're trying to build teams because, you know, with the transfer market the way it is, it's hard to get guys to buy in when they're not going to be the go-to guy. And like you said, the fact that it sounds like Soros is un aware of the circumstances and, and is intending to be here for the long haul, I think that indicates the right kind of fit because Oregon badly needs some longevity and, and, and the turnover the last couple of off-seasons. I know it's not unusual, but just to have those commitments kind of you know ahead of time of like, I'm going to be here two or three years, that's very valuable. Now you just yeah. hope that's the way it actually plays out. And that's the thing I like most about Rivaldo Suarez in his game. If you go watch Eric's film review, um, you see a guy like I see a scenario that plays out that's really good and highly likely of happening where he's a starter, where he he plays and starts 31 of 31 games that Oregon plays in the regular season and is a guy that, that could be in contention for – you know, newcomer of the year, not the freshman of the year, but, you know, the transfer or the, the Juco guy like this instance of Juco of the year or you know newcomer of the year. Um, and I also see a scenario in which maybe it plays out where he wins sixth man of the year. And you look at this and say like, Hey, you're, you're here for three years. We think you're going to be a, a really good player, but we, we think it's best for our team where if you come off the bench as that sixth man 
and we give, you know, you, you get, you're a starter, you, you get starter minutes, but some of this time on the court, you're going to go up against, you know, teams backups and you're going to feast because they're not going to be near your level of competition. And I think that's what makes Oregon so good year in and year out is they have these guys that come off the bench that are starter quality dudes. Um, and Rivaldo Suarez could be that next guy this upcoming year where it's like, boy, he would start for nine out of the other 12 teams, you know, 11 teams in the league, but Oregon's just so good. Uh, you know, he comes off the bench. Like that's how I, I look at it. He could be a starter or he could be in that six man of the year contention. All right, Matt, let's not talk about whether he, you know, we just mentioned he could start, he could not start. It's hard to know because they're still putting the team sure. together. Um, all right, what's what's your kind of, you don't have to name everything and how this is going to play out because, Matt, I know you've, you've, you're, you're connected here. You're dialed in. I don't want you to bring your sources by saying all the names and how it's going to play out. But, like, how, how many pieces are they going to take and kind of what's your confidence level this is going to come together the way people are hoping it does? I would look at this and think they probably want two or three more guys to add into this mix. Um, the third, if they do add three, it's going to have to be like a, Hey, we have to take this guy. He he's a, you know, five star or one of the top available transfers. Right. 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 Um, we have to take him. So I think that's probably how they get the three more, more realistically. It's probably, can you go out and get two guys? And I think, you want a guy that can be a ball handler, distributor, creator, you know, kind of a, a hybrid guy. Can play point, can play guard. Um, it can guard both positions. Ideally, that that would help Will Richardson and Davion Harmon a little bit. You want three ball handlers on the team, and right now they've they've probably got, I would say, two and a half. Um, yeah. I, I would I would say Rivaldo Torres is that half. Um, Eric Williams could potentially be another half of a ball handler type guy, but you really want to bring in a third ball handler. Um, I think the most sense, the most logical guy that for Oregon that fits that criteria is probably Jacob Young, the younger brother of former duck Joe Young transfer from Rutgers had a really good senior season. He's taking advantage of the extra free year. Um, And so that probably makes the most sense. There's a couple high school freshman guys, including a five-star freshman that's, that's looking at Oregon that hasn't decided on a school. There's a couple of transfers out there that are kind of combo guards that make sense as well. But right now I, I think from, from perfect standpoint, Jacob Young would probably be that perfect guy to bring in. So if you could get Jacob Young, that's probably step number one. And then your second thing that you need to accomplish is you, you, you want to bring in a guy that can play kind of that guard forward hybrid role, kind of like what we saw with LJ Figueroa. Um, to an extent with what we saw with Eugene Almarui, he played more forward center hybrid, but he had some ability to play on the perimeter. Um, so you, you want to bring in that six, 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 seven, six, eight type of a guy, someone who could give Oregon, a, you know, minutes at four and then jump down to the three spot. And then if Oregon really wanted to go small and really ultra athletic could give you, give you a five minutes at the center spot. Um, right. you know, that's kind of what they're looking for. Uh, and I think would be, you know, the best of the bunch if you could if you could find something like that. And there are options out there. Um, you can go to duckterritory.com for more on names there. Um, but that's kind of the best case scenario. Get those two, you know, ideas, position, you know, players locked in, and then it's reassess. Okay, got those two guys in. Is there a guy that that that's out there still that 
says we have to add this guy to make ourselves better for 2021, 2022 or beyond. Uh, and, and also look at it and say, okay, like this guy is available, but is there anyone in the 2022 recruiting class that's comparable or better than him? And if there are, that could, that could lead to Oregon just holding that scholarship, sticking with the team that they've got now and enrolling with it because with Sora's addition, Eric, it really feels like now, A, they've got nine guys on roster now, and B, it, it really feels like they've got a bunch of options with some wings, with some guards, and you add in five-star Nate Biddle, you add in former four-star Isaac Johnson joining the team, and now all of a sudden you've got four guys that are in that seven-foot range, and then you've got four guys – or five guys that are in that six, three to six, seven, six, eight range that can play a whole bunch of different positions. Yeah. This team is going to be different than last year's team already. And the, the funny part is that they actually had the big guys and now they're finding the perimeter guys where last year they didn't have very many big guys. I just think we talk about it with football in terms of being able to play different personnel packages. And we just did a podcast, um, you know, earlier on that and just kind of like, Hey, there's some guys that, Maybe Oregon wants to play a bunch of four wide out sets and they played two tight end sets. I think basketball team has the versatility to do similar things where based upon matchups, based upon what's been successful in previous games, you could see them rotating through a variety of different places. And it's versatile players like Soares who could probably play a couple of different spots, two, three, maybe he could go four in a pinch if needed to. That sort of versatility, I think, is really valuable. Yeah, that's the thing is versatility and, and finding guys that can do, you know, a couple different things and, and go from there. But this team is, as Eric, I think is set up where in a perfect scenario, if, if, if they can add Jacob Young and find one more forward type guy, look, maybe I'm jumping the gun here a little bit, but I, I really think they they're in a position as of now without adding anybody else where I think they're they're their chances of winning a third straight league title are pretty good. They're probably not going to be the favorite. That'll be UCLA, but they will be number two. And then if they can add a Jacob young, and if they can add another piece to this puzzle, they take another jump and get closer to being equal to UCLA. And honestly, looking at it, like this Oregon team could be elite eight final four type good. If they can add one or two more pieces, they're that close to getting back to that 2016, 2017 team where they're fully loaded. And they certainly have the five-star talent in the front court, which is always yeah. going to help you win, win basketball games. And the guy like Soros, they just added, I, I love the fit in terms of what they need right now. All right. That's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Austin Audible's podcast. Uh, make sure to like, and subscribe to us on YouTube as well. We're there. Um, it's always free. And most importantly, go to duckterritory.com, sign up for your VIP membership for $1 for your first month. Uh, get all the scoop, be in the know ahead of all the news uh, of all things Oregon Ducks athletics. Until we talk to you again, you've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.